0: Hey, I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and we're going to pray uh, a prayer of surrender to the Lord. And then at the end of our service today, when, when I'm done, and I'll, I'll try to be done before you guys are. But I'm going to ask you to make a decision and and some of you, that decision might be a first time decision to surrender your life to Jesus. For others, It might mean uh, a decision to say, yes, I want everything that you have for me, Lord. I want you to be Lord of every aspect of my life. So uh, pray after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you. I invite you this morning to touch my life. I open my heart to you. I pray change me. To be everything that you have in mind. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, Pastor Lance introduced uh, last week. See you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry i get distracted early it's not just it's not just david the first church we were pastoring out in the country people would drive by on the road you know and, and i was just like all the farmers in the congregation and there were these big windows behind me and and uh, a, a car going down the road out there north of joplin montana that was a big deal you know so all the farmers and i we would just kind of <laughs> watch them go by so i'm it was good I, i'm still got it uh <clears throat> so anyway uh, Pastor Lance uh, introduced this series last week first things first uh, to begin our new year uh, what an awesome uh, message that was and I, I was so challenged and encouraged by it uh, he urged us not to be focused on weight loss and I'm taking that really serious <laughs> he said don't, don't you did you love the, the guy that was on the treadmill be, beside him he said, don't be focused on gym membership, so I haven't bothered. And uh, if I do, I can guarantee you I'm going to leave those tall socks at home and, and my 24-ounce uh, caramel macchiato. And then he said sobriety, and that's a good thing too. All of these things are good things, but he said to us that what we should focus on this year, and I believe it with all my heart, is a radical surrender Radical surrender. Hey, say that with me. Radical surrender to the purposes of God and the lordship of Jesus in every area of our lives. This is so that we might fulfill God's plan for our individual lives. And he referenced this one verse. I'm going to take a run at it. Uh, From Ephesians 2, uh, 8 through 10. And 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves... It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And verse 10, he called our attention particularly to that. Uh, for we are God's workmanship. Uh, Pastor Lance likes masterpiece. Uh, so we are God's masterpiece, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He has prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think it is so awesome that God who made heaven and earth and everything in it would actually think about me. I mean, that kind of blows me away because we feel so minuscule, and we are, but God of heaven takes note of you. And not only that, he takes note of you to the extent that he has created some things, he has prepared some things for you and me to do, and he prepared them before we ever took a breath. That stuff is on our to-do list, and we haven't even found the list. You know what I'm saying? So, so, uh, so this is the urge from the Lord. And the interesting thing is, at the same time that we get this encouragement from the Lord, the Holy Spirit is nudging us, and we get this our our flesh, our adversary. Sometimes it's our culture. Our culture will suck the life out of us if we're not careful. Sometimes it's our own family and friends will urge us to fit in. You have God of heaven in you. I'm going to tell you, you don't fit. They tell us to not be too radical, to blend in and and don't make waves and don't offend anybody. You know, keep silent about your, your church. Keep silent about your relationship with the Lord. Essentially, all these things are telling us to live our lives in moderation. I want you to check this out up on the big screen. A couple of pictures. These guys, I was I was watching uh, football last Sunday. And I saw these guys. They're pretty amazing. They're really uh, moderate people. <laughs> right before I, I snapped the shot, the, the chick was uh, with the kind of police hat or something I don't know bus driver well anyway she was she was jumping up and down you know they were they were excited they're very moderate people I, I appreciate that there was another guy check this guy out God bless Green Bay and the Cheeseheads, heads but that guy could have used a shirt that's what I'm thinking so the culture urges us to moderation but not everybody's listening uh, listening those guys didn't get the memo uh you know when when i was first saved uh and and that's going back a a few decades uh uh, back in in 1970 1970 and 71 my dad was an immigration inspector up in sweetgrass montana we grew up in sunburst and uh, dad was really happy that i got religion uh, he was happy that I wasn't drunk and wrecking cars and motorcycles. I, I had a, a little bit of a gift for that. He was happy that I was no longer wasted on drugs. That was a an alternative gift. And he cautioned me one day. He said, "He said, Don. He said, uh, Here's the deal. He said, uh, uh, A little religion is okay, but don't go overboard." He said, I've been watching these guys. I can tell every time Three Hills Bible Institute up in uh, Three Hills, Alberta, up by Calgary, I can tell when they, when they let out for a break. <laughs> he said, those people come through the border, and he said, we go out there and we're, we're seeing them, and he said, they have a funny look in their eye. <laughs> you know, and I, I thought, whoa, this is my dad. I'm, I'm paying attention, but... <clears throat> You know, I prayed about it, and uh, the Lord spoke to my heart that that funny look was that they were in love. You ever seen people in love? Yeah, Yeah, they get that funny look in their eyes, ah, you know. (laughs) Well, I didn't get the memo either. Uh, Check these pictures out. When Bev and I first got married, and pardon me for the blurry (laughs) photo, but it's, uh, it's, like 49 years old but we put a cross up we got a cross from one of the brothers uh, who lived his life out on the mission field and, and died on the mission field but he gave us that cross it was made out of a couple of fence posts uh, out on the farm and uh, he had given up the farm to follow Jesus he gave up the ranch they had a, they had a ranch out by the Sweetgrass hills and he gave up the ranch so that he and his wife could pursue hard after Jesus, so we put that up. People thought we were a church. So, well, and and then I I heard the Lord say uh, from the Apostle Paul, I become all things to all men that I might thereby win the more. Uh, there was a parade out in Cleveland, Montana. How many of you knew that there was a Cleveland, Montana? Yeah, some of you. Yeah. So I had said to my secretary I said boy if I had one of those circuit rider preacher costumes I'd, I'd go out and ride in that Cleveland parade <laughs> so Kathy uh, next thing I, I came into my office there at the church and I found this big old uh, box there I opened it up and by gum I got me a, a circuit rider preacher and, and it was blowing uh, wind that day and, and, but I'm, I am on the white horse and then we, uh, we have another one here. Uh, Sunday morning church in Chinook. It was Easter time, and I became the centurion who was, who was watching Jesus. I wrote a monologue. I was, I was watching the centur- uh, reading about the centurion, and he said, surely this was the Son of God. And so I gave this monologue. I was praying, and I said, Lord, how do we reach our town for Jesus? And the Lord put it in my heart to to go over to the bar X bar and lounge and have a few no (laughs) I'm just kidding he did put it in my heart to go over there and I talked to Terry and Janet I was friends with them and I said I feel like the Lord put it in my heart that we should have a Christmas concert at your place (laughs) Terry says well let me talk to Janet about it I said okay so we put an ad out and it went out and then there was a they were so blown away by this they'd heard about it up in Haver they put a we had a front page in the Haver Daily about this odd uh, fellows and uh, we had a Christmas celebration we had a concert at the Bar X Bar and Lounge we used to We used to go Christmas caroling in the bars and pull all of our little kids around at Christmas time and they'd unplug unplug the jukebox and and they would join in and sing Christmas carols with us. And I remember seeing these guys leaning back with their elbows on the bar and, and just tears running down their cheek. Why? Because they were hearing about the love of God in Christ Jesus. Got another couple here, that one. I was busy writing a book my daughter Janie decided to help me out because her mama said she wouldn't and then I was writing articles in a couple of county newspapers called Marital Musings and and it became this book Marital Musings from the middle of Montana well why I'll tell you why it was because I become all things to all people that I might thereby win the more win them to what win them to the Lord Jesus Christ amen Our verse of scripture, our text this morning is from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. And he is the head, that's Jesus. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that, and listen to this, this is really, this is crucial, this is what it's all about today. If you you miss everything else that I would say, it's about this part of this verse right now, that in everything, in everything, remember we're first things first. But in everything, he might be preeminent. And preeminent—that's just first place. That's just first place. We're going to talk this morning about time, uh, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. Imagine with me that that uh, there's a bank, and uh, it credits your account each morning with eighty-six thousand four hundred. Wouldn't that be something? I heard some guy up in Maine won that uh, one point something billion dollars. This is more important than that one point whatever billion dollars. See, each morning it credits your account and it carries over no balance from day to day. Every evening deletes whatever part of the balance that you didn't uh, use during the day. Well, what, what would you do if you got that deposited in your account every day well you'd you'd pull out every last cent of course each of us has such a bank that bank is called time every morning it credits you with uh, 86,400 seconds. It doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States or or you are a homeless person uh, down by the warming house in Kalispell, Montana. Everybody gets the same 86,400 seconds. Every night, it writes off as lost Whatever that you have failed to invest or uh, to good purpose, it carries no balance and it has no overdraft each day opens a new, new account for you and each night it bur- burns the remains of the day if you fail to use the day's deposits the loss is yours there's no going back There's no going back. You can't go back and live yesterday. No going back. You must live in the present on today's deposit. This is all we have. And God bless you today because you have taken and you have decided, whether you're online or here in in person, you have decided that you are going to invest some of those 86,400 seconds in the presence of God. You came here and invested some of those 86,400 seconds in worship to God amen God bless you for that investment we have to live here why this emphasis on time because time is the clearest indicator of what you and I value it's precious what do you spend your time on just over a year ago we received a call from Canada that Beverly's brother Ron was diagnosed with lung cancer and he had maybe six to eight months to live we uh, scrambled and got up to Canada as soon as we could. We we loved Ron. He was my motorcycle buddy. He and I always uh, enjoyed for 13 years and probably 26,000 miles. We rode motorcycle together every summer. We'd take a week, and and I wanted to be with my friend. And so we scrambled to get up there. In six weeks, he was gone. You see, James the Apostle writes that that uh life is a vapor it's a vapor you know we don't know how long we have i was going to break it down into how crucial a second is and you think about well what's a second well a second is something if you're you're in the olympics right and you you get a silver medal what's a second it's the difference between silver and gold so this morning i'm going to urge you to surrender your time to the lord a lot of us will say well you know I just don't have much time you know I, I've uh, uh, lived uh, quite a bit of time on the planet actually and uh, I've discovered that when we're listening to the Lord and when we consecrate our time to him he is able to give us that redemptive aspect to our time I've, I've found that uh, most of most of the years that we pastored, and we pastored for 38 plus years. Most of those years, uh, I was bivocational, and I found that that I could work five part-time jo- uh, jobs, or I could I could pastor full-time and work another full-time job. And I and I I'm not recommending it, by the way, just just so you know. <laughs> mother was the uh, or it was necessity was the mother of invention there but we worked at it and and I worked on on investing in myself. You see, I invested so that I could invest in other people. My commitment is to read God's word. I hope that you are Bible readers. You say, well, boy, I just don't have time. Uh, How many of you have time for social media? Anybody? You know, this thing is a robber the thief comes to kill steal and destroy now I like this thing and when I get up in the morning like this morning I was a little tempted when I got up this morning I got up at five I love the mornings I love that first cup of coffee in the morning. I love to sit in my chair with the lamp on here and the other lamp on there. And I have my Bible right here, and I have another book that I'm reading on church history here. And I have our little devotional guide for our 21 days of, of fasting and, and prayer. I have that there. And uh, I sit down and, and, and I'm tempted. I think, man, I better, I better go over my notes for church this morning. I was tempted. Anybody else here ever been tempted? Yeah, so I said no way. I'm going to follow my pattern and the first thing I do is I open up the word of God and I had three chapters left to finish Matthew for this year and every year I I read through the word uh, several times and I had this year I'm going to read just the New Testament. Last year I read the Old Testament and then I read the New Testament three times. And this year I'm going to read the New Testament uh, every, uh, every two months. And so I'll, I'll be through it uh, in 12 times, in two, well, six times this year. Can't do math. <laughs> I could tell you were counting, you know. Just, just like me. All right. So uh, I, I want to challenge you, when we talk about putting Jesus first, let's make him first in our time. This is, this is for you, Jesus. I want you to have first place in my time. The apostle Paul wrote this to Timothy. He says, study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so we study to show ourselves approved unto God. The second thing that we want to consider this morning is first in your talent, okay? First in your talent. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25 and verse 14 through 30 is the story of the distribution of talents or abilities. In verses 21 through 30, the master comes back. So the first thing he does, he meets with these guys, right? And he's got these three guys and the first guy, he gives five talents, okay, or five. I like to think of it, abilities. Another, I think in, I think in the Gospel of Luke, it calls them minas. I I, I never found a mina, but uh, talents or abilities. So if you think about that, so here's the first guy. He gives him five. He says, "Take this and go to work." Gives the next guy. He, he gives him two. He says, "Take this and go to work." Last guy. He says, "Here." I'll give you one. Take this and go to work. And so he comes back, and he's, he's checking up to see how they've done with all of the things that he's given them. And so the first guy said, wow, yeah, it was good. You know, I gained five more. And he said, whoa, good job, man. And then Mr. Two comes, and he said, I gained two more. Wow, good job, way to go. And then finally, he got to the one-talent guy. The one talent guy, he, he reported to Jesus, or to the master, he says, so I was afraid, I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Isn't that great? Well, it wasn't great to the master. The master was, was uh, bummed out. He said, take that one from him and give it to somebody else, the guy that has five. You see there's a temptation among us to declare that we don't have any talents. Well, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at this. I can't preach. I can't sing. You know, I I grew up and I was not good at anything. Breathing. I was I was pretty good at that. I was the youngest of five kids. I figured if anybody got some talents in our family, they gave them out before I got there. I was uh, I was not musical although I was in band in grade school till they kicked me out in fifth grade. I shouldn't have jumped up and down on that other kid's mute. Well, the band teacher was also the choir teacher at the Catholic Church, so I got kicked out of that, too. She just... And then, uh, so that gave up my music career. I tried playing a harmonic at once. Kept getting uh, uh, mustache whiskers caught in the thing when so I wasn't very athletic I went into high school at 93 pounds I just wasn't that wasn't my thing I tried it I played football I i, I went out for wrestling when I was a, a sophomore I, I hold the record in Northwood County High School I was pinned in 20 seconds <laughs> but that spring of my freshman year I went out for uh, track and field and, and I didn't know they didn't know what to do with me the coaches didn't they knew that that uh, maybe, maybe uh, they, they thought I could think about uh, pole vaulting. Serious. This is true story. Absolutely true. I, I thought, well, that's cool, you know. So, so I, I went, and, and those poles are heavy. So I got one of those poles, and I run down, and I stick it into the box. There's a box there. And, and if you keep running, the pole bends, eh? And then you leap high into the sky. And I was leaping high into the sky, and I, and I turned as I was way up there in the air, and I flopped backwards, and I, I threw my pole so it didn't knock the bar off, and I landed on all those cushions. I thought, Whoa. I just imagined the Olympics. <laughs> Serious, I thought this is... I finally found my talent and so I I was pretty I was pretty happy until I looked over and and the high jumper bar was higher than my pole vaulter bar (laughs) so they said well what should we do with Kelly you know I said well they knew that I wasn't a sprinter because I played football that fall and and two guys with sprained ankles beat me in the hundred yard dash (laughs) it was just not my gift in, in little league when I was uh, in grade school I could hit home run and, and get put out at first base I mean that was that fast <laughs> but so they say well let's make him a distance runner so I thought well that's good you know and I practiced I worked really hard at this thing you know and and fortunately I had a good mentor at our high school his name was Ray Ballou Ray and this is 1964 1965 Ray Ballou could run a four minute 30 second mile this is truth you know back then i mean i guess they go faster now got bigger engines but anyway so so ray could run and so we're in our first track meet together and and i'd been training with him and so i'm i'm running and lap 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 you know and we're headed toward the uh tape when they put it across so that whoever gets there first can you know and i had kind of, i i wasn't very muscular and i i didn't have a real big chest you know but I stuck my skinny little chest out as far as I could trying to hit the tape before Mr. Blue but he got me he beat me like by six inches serious six inches but I had, a, I had another lap to go <laughs> <laughs> my brother Doug was walking alongside of me and he said he said you can do it you can do it but we had to quit because the bus was leaving. Uh, I say that to tell you that there are talents besides athletics, besides music, and, and I'll share with one you one here. I love to tell the story about a young man uh, who was in high school, and he was totally, absolutely committed to sharing his faith in Jesus Christ one day he turned to his neighbor in music class it was the one I got kicked out of right uh, and he asked him he said, he said to his neighbor he said do you party and, and his neighbor said oh yeah yeah and he went he began to elaborate on all of his drinking escapades and all of that stuff and then he finally got slowed down a little bit and he turns to the, to the Christian boy and he says do you and he said oh no no I don't he said well why not he said well you don't want to know he says oh come on please tell me why don't you party so he shares his faith in Jesus and this guy surrenders his life to the Lord he leads him to Christ right there in music class he surrenders his life to Jesus so a couple of days later he says to his friend his new convert he said tell the teacher you don't want to sit by me he said no he said I like sitting beside you he says just do it he said okay so he tells the teacher he doesn't want to sit by by our our guy and and so she moves another guy in there and he turns to him he says do you party (laughs) so through the course of that school year uh, everybody in music class got to sit by our guy and that's something do you party he had found something that he could use and and so at the end of the class last day of class everybody had, had left some of the guys had come to Christ some, some hadn't received Christ and so at the end uh, everybody left the room and the teacher was telling the young man our guy how much she enjoyed having him in her class and she's about I have a question how come nobody wants to sit by you <laughs> and he said you don't want to know You see, this guy was committed to one thing. One thing. We sang about it this morning. It was beautiful. One thing was spreading the gospel to those around him. That was his talent. He was unwilling to wait for someone to come to him and ask him about his faith, so he found a method by which he could generate opportunities to share his faith. I've spent a lifetime from the time that I was born again and and delivered of of all of those demonic influences that I was involved in. And uh, and then I was blessed to marry uh, a 19-year-old girl from Canada that didn't know any better. And and, uh, we promised when we got married that we would not be first place. We made a covenant that she would be second place in my heart. I'd be second place in her heart because first place was already taken. It belonged to God. So I've looked from that time to the present. On our honeymoon, we were up in Calgary and we were out in this walking mall, and, and we were there, and I saw all these people. I mean, whoa, people! You know, bear in mind, I, I was from Sunburst, Montana. But I saw all these people. And so I said, honey, i got to go talk to these people. And so I started handing out gospel tracts, telling them about Jesus. And from that time, from the time that I was born again, from the time I was set free, from the time I was filled with God's Holy Spirit, I've been focused on one thing, and that's to tell people about Jesus Christ, looking for opportunity. Well, I, I pastored as as. David said in, in Missoula from 2016 to 20 or, 20 or 2000 to 2016 and this cool thing that we inherited was uh, there and there. Check these out. This is a sign that was out in front of the church. Wasn't that good? Shouting oh God is not church. So, so day after day or week after week I got to put up signs up there to remind people that were driving by at 45 miles an hour that uh, it was, it was my little tiny mini sermon to them 60,000 cars a day went by our place on Reserve Street and you know Hunter's Welcome I'd put up one of those uh, orange signs that said you know and it said uh, Hunter's Welcome it was Budweiser well I, I covered over Budweiser somebody took me to task on that they didn't like that uh, but uh, Hunter's Welcome the sponsor is Nunweiser you know isn't that the truth and so we would do this. And, and, you know, sometimes people were mad about the signs that we put up there. And we weren't trying to be mean or anything. We just wanted them. To... Yeah, save gas. Park here. That was a good thought, wasn't it? Uh, salvation is still under $4. Gas was going up, eh? So we were trying to the price of heaven is not going up yeah that's good so we were trying to do that I, I had a call uh, or uh, email late one one evening I was in my church office and and I had an email and it was this guy from the local atheist organization and he was angry and I, I'm thinking the sign was uh, that I put up there was God doesn't believe in atheists but, but uh, they had a big billboard about atheists that they were kind of recruiting and moving around in Missoula and and it could have been it could have been april fools day when i said happy atheist day i'm not sure which one but they didn't like it and uh, and again i wasn't trying to be mean i was just i was just happy you know we had these little mini sermons you know uh I, I, they took my name sometimes in the local newspaper uh, they left mean stuff on the answering machine um but my main talent, this is what I figured out. I still can't run fast. I, I still can't sing for a hoot. I love to sing though, I sing loud. And and I and I can't play a musical in, instrument at, at all. I'm, I'm pretty good at the radio. <laughs> but my main talent is that I like people. I just like people. And and I'm not bashful and, and God gives me uh, uh, opportunity uh, to talk to people and to say hi and how you doing and I, I love to talk to people in grocery stores Bev's even Bev's better at it than I am she she makes friends with all these people and she prays for them in the aisles and she prays for them at the checkout stands if you ever get behind her you just move over to the next aisle you know <laughs> But but why do we do that one thing first things first first things First, so my main talent is I like people uh, when i when I was first saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, I had a dream about standing on a street corner true story i I was back in Missoula for my last year at university undergraduate and and I had a dream, and in this dream, I, I dreamt that I was standing down on Higgins and i was I was preaching the gospel and and we had done this I mean we had traveled around some and and preached. I, I preached with a PA system in people's cars. I, I did street witnessing. I'd, I I didn't have a car. I'd hitchhike to Great Falls with a backpack full of gospel tracks and stand on, on on the street trying to you know trying to help people because I was so thankful, to the one whose mercies are new every morning. And uh, so anyway, I said, well, uh, I had this dream, and in this dream I was preaching on this corner of Higgins. And thousands of people were hearing the gospel. Well, one day the Lord inspired me to put our worship team on a float in the university homecoming parade. It was just, and, and I talked to a worship team and I said, "Hey, what do you guys think? You guys?" Oh, and they were gung ho. We were all of one heart. And so here, here's a few pictures of this parade. That's our, that was our worship team at the time uh, we, had, we had a group of people from our church that went alongside the float and handed out candy to kids you couldn't throw them at them anymore because they got run over all the time and so there was a team and, and we would change the side deals based on what the theme was that year you know students UM students still finding Jesus you know and then get a life I had one guy objected to the church sign one time and it said uh, I had put up there your life suck question mark <laughs> I said get a new one you know because we were we were a new life worship center and uh, I had a Pharisee that didn't like I mean he used profanity and, and he, he objected to me putting that S word up on the, on the church sign you see the, the thing is that we want Jesus to be first in our time every talent that we have and you say well I don't know what it is well uh, if you have a pulse you have a purpose if, if, if you are breathing today and I, I think most of you are yeah pretty much and, and if you are breathing if you have a pulse then God has a divine and holy purpose things that he has prepared in advance for you to do and you can do it whatever that is maybe it's just being nice to your neighbors maybe it's loving your spouse maybe it's you know these are talents that God will deposit in you and me and give us the ability to do one thing for one purpose and that's to bring honor and glory to God to see people be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and live a, a new life, a transformed life. And the last thing we want to look at today is, is giving Him first place in your treasure. Besides your calendar or your day planner, I don't know if people use that anymore. I've never figured out how to do it on my phone, but I have a, I have a calendar on my phone that tells me what I'm going to do tomorrow and, and through Friday for sure. But besides that, the greatest revealer of where your treasure is will be your check register or your bank account statement. You see, because what we spend our time on and what we spend our money on are the two greatest revealers of what's important, what we have prioritized in our life, our, our time and our money. And then our that's how we see it. In Matthew 6 and 21 we read these words of Jesus for where your treasure is there your heart will be also where your treasure is that's where your heart is Jesus talked a lot about money Uh, I would say this money is not evil how many of you know money isn't evil yeah Yeah, it's good stuff it's good to have some now that's why here's here's it's better to give than receive how many of you have heard that before You ever think about winning the Powerball or the Mega Millions? Anybody here this last week think about winning that? I thought about it so hard I forgot to go buy one. Uh, But some guy up in Maine apparently won it in a little dinky town. That stuff could be toxic. It could be kryptonite. And the only way that you would make it is to go to God and say, God, how can I get rid of this? And you get rid of it rid of it with a good uh, group of people around you that have the same heart for God and you get rid of it as fast as you can where your heart is, there your tra- where your treasure is there your heart will be also. So it's not, the money isn't evil it's good to have it, it's, better, it's more blessed to give than receive, you know why? Be- <laughs> Thank you <laughs> because in order to give you gotta have something right yeah Yeah. hey here's some nothing (laughs) that's why that's why uh was it James and John or Peter and James said silver and gold have I none but what such as I have give I thee so God tells us in in Malachi 3 and 10 bring your whole tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out uh, so much a blessing on you that there won't be enough room to store it I prayed to to the Lord in 1973 I I wanted to be off I was traveling and working on farm machinery around Idaho and and Montana and uh, I just wanted to be close to the border I would always planned on being a cop and uh, I said, Lord, if you'll give me that job as a deputy sheriff, I'll give you 10%. I thought that was pretty generous of me, you know. <laughs> Didn't realize he owned it all. And so, so I did. It was $55 a month. I was my, my, uh, my income that, that time when I first started as a deputy was $550 a month. You say, man, that was in back in the prehistoric times. yes. But one, one month I decided, Lord, I need it more than you do. How many of you know that God doesn't need your money? Yeah, he doesn't need our money. He's got all the money he needs. But one month I decided I needed it more than God, so I said, I'm going to keep it. Can't remember what I needed. But I know where it went, because the generator went out of my 1951 three-quarter ton international and, and then I had to spend $55, go figure, to fix that. God has made things last longer. He's, he's provided for us when we didn't have enough money to buy milk, when our when our firstborn was a little girl and it was two weeks to payday and God would provide just miraculously. We watched that happen over and over again uh, for all of these years of our life together. We have seen God who provides for us. He says prove me herewith. The other two ways of giving that uh, the Bible talks about is offerings. Offerings happen after tithes. When might have a special fundraiser for something so you say well yeah I want to help that out might be an offering to missions you just commit this money to the Lord and there's another one called called uh, alms uh, I have a good friend that, that uh, carried around his wallet inside of his wallet he had what he called a god pocket and I've practiced that some over the years and the little god pocket is a place where you put some money maybe it's a $100 bill maybe it's a 50 maybe it's a 20 Something you put that in your God pocket and you bump into somebody that has a need and you say, hey, you know, uh, God says give this to them and that's called alms. I want to I conclude with this. In the book of Revelations, in chapter three and verse 14, we read this, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, Right, these are the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the ruler of God's creation I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot I wish that you were either one of one or the other but because you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold I'm about to spit you out of my mouth Uh, some translations uh, translate that original word for spit to spew another one uses vomit In any event, it makes God sick, okay? So if we are lukewarm, if we're half-hearted in our commitment to the Lord, it makes him sick because he deserves first place. He deserves first place. It's hard to imagine that Jesus is Lord at all if he isn't Lord of all. It's transformational faith. When we believe in him, it's more than just saying a simple little, dear Jesus, come into my heart kind of prayer, that's good, And that's what we do. We pray an invitation. But when we pray the invitation, it's invitation for lordship. And if Jesus has lordship, he is first things first, right? If he has lordship in our life, we live for him. He calls the shots. He's the commander of the army. We follow after him with everything that is in us. We run hard after him because he is Lord supreme. First things first. He has preeminence in everything in our life. Our time, talent, and treasure. Everything that we are. I want you this morning uh, to consider that we're going to pray. We're going to open up the altar here in a minute. That altar is really not an altar. It's just this stuff in front here. We're going to invite you to make a decision that you're you're going to say yes to the Lord. I'm in with all my heart. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, if you haven't, you simply pray a prayer. Lord Jesus, come. Forgive me my sins. Be Lord and Savior Come and, and take rulership, ownership of my life, be first place in my life. And then, if you've done that, I, I, I went to the altar week after week after week. I still go. Sometimes I, I, I've been under some conviction when I was preaching, I'd have to quit. Sometimes it was so good I'd take notes. <laughs> but other times I'm just, it was so good I was sick. I had to get down on my knees and cry out to God. Why? Because I want him to be first always. And sometimes you realize when you're reading the word, the word is reading you and you realize, man, God, I I need you to do this in my life. I need you to wash me. I want to be that person for you. I want you to have lordship in this area of my life. I want you to have lordship. Please stand this morning. Everything that we have, everything that we are, it belongs to God. Without that, we're we're dust, we're ruined, we're done. Life is a vapor. We're here today. None of us know how many seconds we have left. But God wants it all. He wants our investment of every eighty-six thousand four hundred seconds every day, every week, every month, every year. I wrote to my my brother yesterday morning my brother Doug and and he and I started chasing after Jesus about the same time 1970 and we're both after it still we've we've got a few years and a few miles on our tires but I said to him yesterday he was right he writes a weekly call or a daily column I guess on on social media to uh, push people to surrender to the Lord and I said Doug keep it up I said, let's let's just keep going. Let's just keep doing this thing. Let's keep chasing after Jesus all of our lives. I said, when when we're done, we'll just fall into heaven. We'll just fall into heaven exhausted. I want to spend and be spent for Jesus, don't you? You say yes to the Lord, and and the Lord takes you at your, your word.